You're listening to the Church on the Move Roswell podcast. We hope this message inspires you, encourages you, and challenges you to take your next step with Jesus. Thanks for listening, and let's check it out. So if you will, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 1. We're still talking about the God of the impossible. And I announced something on Wednesday night that not everybody got to hear. And I'm going to talk about that again a little bit differently because we're talking about the God of the impossible. So we're talking about faith and love and what those two things mean and how they empower us to believe God that things that look impossible are possible. Uh, Because Jesus said, ah, he said, if you believe, if you believe, All things are possible to those who believe. And so we're going to talk about that and talk about what God is doing and what he's done in our church. And so Ephesians chapter 1, starting in verse, I believe it's verse 11, it says this. Through our union with Christ, we too have been claimed. Now let me me talk about this union. This union is, that's a word like a husband and wife being intimate union. It's not some you know, holding hands and singing kumbaya. It's, I give my life to you, you give my life, you give your life to me. It's, it's covenant union. Jesus offered us a covenant. A covenant says, I'll give my life and everything I have for you. But in order to be in covenant with Jesus, we have to make the same statement. I give my life and everything I have is yours, Jesus. You gave me everything you had. Now i got to give you everything I have to be in a, what they call a blood covenant. That's covenant. That's not a contract. It's, not a, it's deeper than a friendship. It's everything. It's all in on both sides. All in. And so that's the kind of union he's talking about. He's saying, through our union with Christ, we too have been claimed. Everybody say, I've been claimed. Who you been claimed by? God as, as his own inheritance. Do you know we have an inheritance because we're the blood-bought children of the Most High God? That we are his sons and his daughters. And he said, you have an inheritance. Jesus said, you have the same inheritance I have. That you will sit, I sit at the right hand of the Father, you'll all sit at my right hand. He said, you'll be seated in heavenly places right beside me. Because we have an inheritance. Matter of fact, he said, I've given you all things. Everybody say all things that pertain to this life and to godliness. All things in the natural and all things in the spiritual you need. He said he gave it all to us already. Already he's given it to us. Why don't we all walk in it? Well, we don't don't believe it. We don't believe to walk in it. We don't understand how much God loves us. But when you understand how much God loves you, faith is easy. When I know someone loves me, and they've proven that, faith is easy. It's easy for me to believe in them. It really is. The Bible says he's proven our, his love for us by dying on the cross. What more proof do you need that he died for my sins and yours? I don't need any more proof that he loves me. What other proof would I need? I, I mean, if I'm going to ask for a thousand other times he has to prove his love, I mean, everything else is going to be below that. He didn't just die for me. He died for my sins. Died for my sins. And he said this. He said, I died for your sins. And as a result of that, we are now adopted into the family of God. And we cry, Abba. Abba is is 
translated father, but it's, it's deeper than that. It's more like papa or pops or daddy or dad. It's, it's, a, it's even a closer. It's not the formal father, God our father. It's, it's more informal. It's more personal, and it's much more intimate. So we've been adopted into the kingdom of God, and we have an inheritance. What's our inheritance? Everything God has that he promised is our inheritance. Everything. Everything he has is our inheritance. My inheritance, your inheritance. And guess what? It's not like with me. When I pass away, they'll carve up what I have left, and they'll dole it out among, uh, you know, first of all, go to my wife, and then if she, when she passes away, then it'll be distributed to my six kids, and my six children will divide it up in equal portions, and there'll be a limit. It's not like they're going to be able to go back every month and say, give me some more, give me some No, they'll get what they get, and that'll be it. That's all the inheritance I have for them. But with our Father in heaven, there's no limit. He has no, he's, his supply is inexhaustible. He's like, yeah, I got some for you and you and you and you and you and you and you. Oh, there's 20 billion? I got, a, I got an equal portion for all of you. And you know what I got? All of it. It's not like he says, okay, I'll give Michelle 20% and, and then another 20% to Olivia and another 20% to Tuck. No, it's not like he, he's got only 20%. It's like, I'll give you 100%. Guess what I got for you? 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%. He has, he's inexhaustible, his supply and his inheritance. We couldn't exhaust it. We all get an equal share of it, all of it. Everything we need. Wow. Wow. He's just waiting for someone to believe it. He said, I look to and fro, to out fro, F-R-O, not an afro, but a fro, looking around, throughout the whole earth to show myself strong to someone whose heart is loyal to me, whose heart will believe me, trust me, stand with me no matter what, loyal. He's looking for people to show himself strong to. Always looking. Always looking. And so he says, you have an inheritance. Then he says this, before we were even born, he gave us our destiny. That we would fulfill the plan of God who always accomplishes every purpose and plan in his heart. God has a destiny for, for you as an individual. He has a destiny for you as a family, your family unit. He has, a, he has a destiny for our church family. He has a destiny for Roswell as a community. He has a destiny for New Mexico, a destiny for America, and every other person, family, city, church, nation in the world. He, had, he made a plan for every one of them, every one of us. He had a destiny, he had a plan. Now, whether we live out that destiny or plan is up to us. There are certain things out of his sovereignty that will happen no matter what we do. There's other things that are totally dependent upon what we do and what we believe. He said all things are possible to those who believe. He said to the Syrophoenician woman, when she bowed at his feet and he said, I, I can't give you, uh, uh, we don't give uh, table food to dogs. And she said, I know where I stand positionally among the Jews. I know I'm not Jewish and I know I, I don't have the Old Testament. It doesn't belong to me, but you're Jesus. And I surrender to you. Heal my daughter, deliver my daughter. And he said, ah, 
He said, how great faith, what great faith you have. And he gave her what she asked for. Why? Because of her faith. She wasn't offended by God. When God identified who she was and where she was, she didn't get offended. A lot of people, when they get identified, they get offended. Oh, you mean I can't drink anymore? I can't get drunk all the time? I can't beat my wife? I can't, I can't cheat? I can't do this? I, I, oh, you mean I have to stop doing this and I have to start giving? Oh, get out of my wallet, pastor. Get behind me. You know, uh, and, and all these other things. You're, you're going to talk to me about my sexuality. You're going to talk to me about my finances. You're going to talk to me about my attitude. No, this is just who I am and what I am. Well, that's all you'll ever be. No, he, a lot of times he deals with us and, and identifies us and identifies where we're at. And instead of being like that woman, like, you're right, Jesus. You're always right. But I know, I know who you are and I know what you can do. And he's like... Okay, I can, deal, I can deal with you because you're honest. And because she was honest and because she wouldn't be offended by what his words, she got what she came for. Your destiny is tied to so many moments like that. So many moments when God identifies us, points things out that we need to overcome and deal with. But if you'll yield to and surrender your life completely to God, Man, you will live out the plan and destiny that God has for you. And we know it's a good plan. It's a really good plan. Church, we have a destiny here at Church on the Move as a church family. And God is opening up doors and putting things in our lap. Proverbs 16.33 says this, The lot is, is, is cast into the lap, but the decision is holy of the Lord. They used to cast lots back then like dice, to, to hear from God. And they trusted that God, God uh, used that to talk to them. We don't have to do that anymore because we have the Holy Spirit living in us. We don't have to cast lots. They stopped. They, the last time they cast lots was to get the 12th apostle back because of Judas hung himself. They had to get the, they, they designated another apostle. They cast lots. But then right after that in the book of Acts, the Holy Spirit fell and they never did it again. They don't have to. But back then they said, listen, the, even though the lots are cast in your lap, things are given in your lap, know this, you're not lucky. It's the blessing of God. It's the plan of God. Church on the move isn't lucky. Neither are you. When good things happen to you, it's not luck. It's God. It's not accidental. It's not coincidental. It is absolutely big G-O-D God moving in your life, moving in our life. And something has been cast in our lap. It's been laid in our lap and given to us. And um, I, like I said, I talked about it Wednesday. For those of you who heard that then, man, this is a different approach I'm taking to it, but you're hearing the same news, that uh, a lot of people were vying for the, for the leisure in uh, to take over and do something good with. And the person who owned it wanted something good to happen, and God chose. I said, God chose. If he had chose somebody else, I'd have been like, God bless them, man, that's awesome. Do something great with it. But he chose us, and he gave us the leisure in to open up Dream Center New Mexico in. And he just gave it to us. He put it, man, that, let that go to him. Uh, he put it in our lap, and now, now we got to do something with it. Now we got to go to work. And what's happened is so incredible 
Um, so we invite uh, Pam Tebow and Angel Barnett to speak at this year's Inspire Conference. Uh, little did we know how much Angel knew. We knew they had a Dream Center in Phoenix, and they have several other things they do around the country, and they're, they're extending even into Mexico here real soon with some Dream Centers in, in Mexico. Not New Mexico, Mexico. And so, but she has all these organizations that help centers like ours in all kinds of ways that she's introducing us to the head people, and she's also introducing us to the, to the head of Phoenix uh, Dream Center who's going to help us organize and get all the books and set it all up, and hopefully we'll find somebody that will come that was from the either LA Dream Center or Phoenix Dream Center that will come and live in our Dream Center and help us run it, be our director. But I mean, the connections are incredible. This happened, this happened last Tuesday, and she shows up Thursday, we eat lunch, and she's like, I know this, and I know that, and I got these people, and I got that, I got this, and I got that, and I got this. And let me tell you why this has happened. Because for over 20 years, we have sown into L.A.'s Dream Center. We have sown thousands upon thousands. Matter of fact, last year, we gave a $10,000 check to them, but we've thaw, we sown thousands upon thousands upon thousands of dollars into a vision of helping people off the street in Los Angeles. And guess what? When you sow, you reap. This is our reaping day for all that we have sown. Our reaping day. And so we've sown, and, and now we're reaping a harvest. And not only does Angel hooking us up with that, but Pam Tebow's organization on pro-life and all the things they're doing. And, I mean, guys, it was just such an incredible experience to have them here at that time speaking about these issues. And it's connected us to other ministries and other things that we're not only going to sow into, but will sow into us. But not only that, not only that, Put, will you put up Exodus chapter 23, verses 29 and 30? Listen, Exodus 23 is talking about the children of Israel moving into the promised land. They're moving into the promise. And God says this to them, I will not drive them out from before you in one year. Why? Lest the land become desolate and the beasts of the field become too numerous for you. Listen, a lot of times we want God to do something quick, but we're not ready. And this is not only about church on the move. This is about you as an individual, you as a family, even us as a city and a state. God said, I won't drive them out until you're ready. And he said, I won't drive them out before you in a year because you're not ready to take it over. And if I drive them out before you're ready, the, the natural environment will just start to destroy it. And it'll all be destroyed. And you'll have to build it all back up again. And God's trying to bless so he's like, he propped those evil people up so they could take care of their homes, their farms, and everything that the children of Israel were about to inherit. Do you know, they had already renovated 34 of these rooms before we, we had 100 and something rooms. They had already totally, completely renovated 34 of them before we ever took possession of it. He propped that up for the period of time that we needed so that when we got there, we were ready to take, take it over. It happened quick. I said it happened quickly. Quick claim deeded it right to us. Why? Because the timing was perfect for us to take it before it was too destroyed because it's been vandalized. 
But he kept it alive enough that now that we've taken it over, we can start protecting it at a higher level. So he kept things going for a reason. Listen, individually for you, for me, sometimes things will stay. Things will stay in place. I, I don't know. I, I prayed for the 40 days on the walk, and I'm still praying every day that, that I, God gave me this scripture. He said, I replace the unrighteous with the righteous. I bring down the unrighteous and replace them with the righteous. And so I've been praying that, but I wonder if that hasn't happened in New Mexico because Christians aren't ready to take over the governorship and Christians aren't ready to take over the leadership of our state or maybe the leadership of our city. But I know this, if we keep pressing in and keep praying, little by little, step by step, year by year, we will take it. We will take the ground and live the promise of God in our lives, in our families, in our church, in our city, in our state. We will live it out because God said this in verse 30. Little by, I will drive them out from before you until you have, now I'm going to stop right there and increased. You know, sometimes you haven't lived out the destiny and purpose of God because you haven't increased, or I haven't increased. What does it mean to increase? Well, it means a lot of things. It means a lot of things. Sometimes we haven't grown on the inside enough that we've put our heel, dug our heels in and said, oh, man, I, I know I got this problem. I, 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 uh, I have a bad temper. I, I, I'm, too, I'm too Debbie Downer. I'm too negative, or I'm too talkative, or I'm too shy, or I'm too this, and I'm too that, and we haven't increased. We haven't increased. Or, man, I'm not willing to work on my marriage and my personal relationships because God doesn't want to promote you publicly where your private life can't keep you. Let me say it again. God doesn't want to promote you publicly where your private life can't keep you. Because when you, we've seen it. How many times have we seen it? People are promoted publicly, and then all of a sudden, here comes their private life. It catches up to them. What happens to their public life? They crash and burn because their private life can't sustain their public life. You're God wants to, he wants your private life that when he promotes you publicly to be able to sustain you. And so sometimes we're not willing to increase in our private life in order to, for God to promote us, to take us to the next step, the next little step that we need to take to grow. We have to first increase. Sometimes it's increase in knowledge. Sometimes you need a greater education. You need, and God's dealt with you. Go back to college. Go do this. Go do that. And you won't do it. And you're holding back his plan and destiny for your life. That doesn't apply to everybody. But I guarantee you, I can sense, I sensed by the Spirit of God because I had a word. When I woke up this morning, I had a word for somebody. And man, I'm telling you, that was a word for somebody right there. You haven't done what God's told you to do, so you're not going to get the results that he has for you until you increase. And go do what God's told you to do. Change what God's dealt with you to change. Grow where God's told you to grow. Put behind you the past and go to the future and increase. Start to grow in these areas that God is dealing with you. And God couldn't increase Church on the Move and put this in our lap until we had grown. Grown where? In all kinds of areas. 
First of all, he wanted us to keep planting seed in these other ministries. We give away thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars, guys. We give it away. And he wanted us to keep planting seeds. Listen, this isn't even the harvest. This is part of the harvest, but not the complete harvest that is coming to Church on the Moon. It's not the complete harvest. God has even more for us because we've sown more, not just in finances, but in time and effort and service and love and care for people. And we haven't been perfect at it by any means, but boy, we purpose to be really good at it. We want to be good at it. So if we've ever disappointed you, I sincerely am sorry. That is not our heart. If we've disappointed you because we didn't just do what you wanted us to do, I don't apologize. Because we're not always going to do what everybody wants us to do. We're going to do what God wants us to do. Amen? Amen. But as we increase, so guys, this is what else he gave us. He gave us three trailers. He gave us a 40-foot gooseneck trailer, a boxed-in 24-foot trailer with air conditioning and electricity in it, and another 18-foot trailer. Then he gave us a 2020 Toyota Tundra 4x4 he, this, is all, this is all a gift. I got, we have all the titles, free and clear. He gave us that to pull the, the goosenecks. <laughs> Blows my mind what God is doing. He's given us some land next to that that is real important. I talked to somebody who wants that land, and they're a great Christian uh, person, and we're going to do, do some horse trading. And Church on the Moon is going to get blessed. He gave us a billboard that we're going to put a digital billboard in. And I already got people that said, I'll buy advertising from you. And we're going to finance that ministry with that billboard and several other things we're going to do. We're going to finance the whole ministry. That's not all. That's not all. We had to increase in people. So what we had to do is we had to have people that could come alongside me and help, help us. Help me, because on some of these other building projects, and Julie will tell you that really two of us in the church, we worked seven days a week for two straight years to build the children's building. Listen, and I even told Julie, I said, Julie, I feel like it's sucking so much life out of me that I'm losing years off my life. It was exhausting. And then we did the 180 building, and, and, and it was a little easier because I had some help. But with this project, it's a huge undertaking. But with this project, he's given us people. I have a person in charge of building the fence around it that knows, knows better than I do. We have, we have a, a plumber that done major, led major commercial projects that's going to help us with the plumbing. We have electricians. We have, we have workers and construction workers and helpers at every level. I have a person who owns multitudes of several uh, uh, 100, 200-person apartment complexes that's going to give us advice and counsel on how to run a big a complex like that. I mean, he has surrounded me and us with people who are experts in their field at all these different places that have all agreed. We have Pastor Brett on Monday night that's going to be teaching the men and women and the people that come to the Dream Center to live. We have Brother Richard in the prison ministry and all of that. We're going to get people from that to come and live at the, the ministry. I mean, he has put person after person after expert after expert, people who own their own construction companies that will give us counsel and advice and help us. And I mean, he is so 
surrounded me with all this help. I'll be honest with you, this is not only the biggest gift we've, one-time gift we've ever received as a church, but man, I feel so much less pressure because God has surrounded us with the people to pull it off. That's why I know he's the God of abundance. He's the God that does things that is amazing because I sowed my life and people sowed their life into building these other projects. He's like, Troy, this time, because you sowed, you're going to reap a harvest of people to help. And so, man, I'm counting on all of you and all of them to help us. I mean, he's done one thing after another, after another. He's gifted us with tools. There was four air compressors in one of those buildings. There were saws and, and of every kind, drills and tools and stuff and generators and uh, massive uh, lawnmowers, riding lawnmowers. And guys, we have, there's scaffolding. There's just, I, I can't name. It's like, it's, it, uh, Pastor Sean and I looked at each other and said, I feel like we won storage wars. Like, whoa, they need to film this because we won. Our God has blessed us over and abundantly but what we could ask or think. And I say us. And I believe we have the people here. I'm going to ask families to adopt two of those rooms apiece, to not, not to spend money on them but to go work on them because we're going to have to clean them. And we're going to have to rip up, there's 70 units, we're going to have to rip up carpet and do stuff too. Now the, the walls are in good shape, we're going to have to take the toilets out and the sinks, and we're going to have to redo those other rooms. But man, I'm going to ask families to say, I'll take two rooms, I'll clean these two rooms, I'll rip all that stuff out. I know for me and my family, I know for me personally, I could destroy a lot of stuff, so I could tear up at least 10 of those rooms. I could tear everything out of there and do a great job. And so, but... I'm going to ask you guys to volunteer time, and we're going to go out there, and we're going to, we're going to remove every uh, ugly, demonic dedication that's been on that land since the beginning of time. And together, I already saw this in my mind, we're going to wrap around that complex hand to hand, and we're going to dedicate that thing to, the, to God and to his kingdom and to building people up. It's going to be an awesome day. It's going to be a day of great celebration and a lot of perspiration. Because we're going to work on that day too. But we're going to get after it. And we're going to build something great for the kingdom and for our city and for people. Why? Why, Pastor Troy? Go with me to Matthew chapter 25. Go with me to Matthew chapter 20. This is why, right here. Because we have a destiny to fulfill the will of God. And this is the will of our Father. Matthew 25. Jesus spoke these words. He meant every word of it. It's straight from the Father's heart. Matthew 25, starting in verse 30, 30 I think it is. 25, 30. Let me find it. It says this. Actually, it's verse 31. It says, When the Son of Man appears in His majestic glory with all His angels by His side, He will take His seat on the throne of splendor, and all the nations will be gathered together before Him. And like a shepherd who separates the sheep from the goats, he will separate all the people. The sheep will be put on his right side and the goats on his left. Then the king will turn to those on his right and say, You have a special place in my father's heart. Come and experience the full inheritance of the kingdom realm that has been destined. Everybody say destined for you from before the foundation. Man, we have a destiny in this life and we have a greater destiny in the next. 
before the foundation of the world. For when you saw me hungry, you fed me. When you found me thirsty, you gave me drink. When I had no place to stay, you invited me in. And when I was poorly clothed, you covered me. When I was sick, you tenderly cared for me. And when I was in prison, you visited me. Then the godly will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry or, or, or thirsty and give you food and something to drink? When did we see you with no place to stay and invite you in? When did we see you poorly clothed and cover you? When did we see you sick and tenderly care for you or in prison and visit you? The king will answer them, don't you know? When you cared for one of the least of these, my little ones, my true brothers and sisters, you demonstrated love for me. He said to the goats the exact opposite. You didn't do these things. I believe Church on the Move has a destiny to care for those who no one else wants to care for. To take in, no one else wants to take in. You know, it always amazed me that, man, we'd reach people, and we were called Church on the Run, and all this stuff, and we had, I had, this was so funny, when I preached, there was a bunch of people on drugs and dealing drugs that would sit on this side, and a bunch of police officers would sit on this side. No joke. I'd watch it, and I'd think, I know that guy, and I know, yeah, this is funny dynamic, and uh, but now they're just, they're all together, right, because of Jesus, but we took people that no one else wanted. Some of you might have, might have been one of those. I know I was. No church wanted me. But Jesus did. There was one church that wanted me. Took me in. Took me in. Saw past all my junk and saw who God made me to be. That's our destiny at Church on the Move is to see past all the junk and see who God made you to be. To see past all the hurt and pain and see who God made you to be. Help you heal and grow. And that's who we're going to be. We're going to take in people from prison that are transitioning out because they're institutionalized. They have to learn to live outside. One of the, one of the, one of the stories that, I, that always hurt my heart is my brother Steve was involved in a prison ministry in Oklahoma, and I'd go with him. And we went to Big, Big Mac, what they call it, McAllister State Prison. It was, the, it was a maximum security prison. A lot of guys that had committed murder and violent crimes were there. And there was a man there, two men, actually, one they were both huge, one white guy, one black guy. They were massive, and they ran the church, and they didn't put up with any nonsense. And so in the church, and the, the, the white guy got out. He was from Albuquerque, and he went back to Albuquerque, and about six months later, he called my brother in the middle of the night and said, hey, I'm sitting outside in all subs. I just robbed it. And my brother's like, what? What are you doing, man? He goes, he said, Pastor Steve, he said, I, I, I can't. I can't live out here like this. I'm falling. I'm I'm falling so hard. And he said, so I robbed the store and I put the gun down and I'm just sitting here waiting for them to get me because the only way I can feel like I can really serve the Lord is in prison because he had been in prison so long. There's men and women that need transitional time. They need a place that has structure and a place that holds them accountable and a place that loves them, helps them. Because, man, when you do something, people in the military know that even a short period of time in the military, you start to get institutionalized to the military. Or you get, you get, you get institutionalized to war. That's why so many people come back from war, real war. They have so much trouble integrating back in. And this happens to these men and women. And so we're not only going to provide a place for them, but we're going to provide a place for veterans that are struggling with that. We're going to provide a place for single moms that just, they just need a break. They just need someone to care that will house them and, 
and help them with their kids and so they can go get a GED or go go good nursing school or go do something. They just need some help. They need a free place to stay and they need some food and they need some help. Some safe place. And we're going to house them all. And ultimately, I believe we're going to eventually, if we're faithful with this, to do this, I believe God's going to bless us with a facility that we can start taking in children from sex trafficking and start loving them back and healing the wounds of the life and the, and the rejection and hurt, abandonment and abuse they've, they've uh, experienced. I believe we're here for the brokenhearted and the broken. The men and women that others don't want in their church. I'll take them all, won't you? I'll take every one of them. Because I know who I was that, that Jesus took me and that church took me in. Wow. I never looked past that. I don't want you to look past it. What you were like before you knew the Lord. And we're going to take people in and we're going to love them and help them. And we're going to encourage them. And we're going to bless them. And we're going to help them have a life that God destined them to have and God planned them to have. And we're going to help. This is going to be generational. Some of you that have been in and out of prison know that you have a generational impact on your children and your family. Not just your children, but your brothers and sisters, your mom, others, cousins that are involved in that lifestyle. I know because I, my family experienced those things. And I know the generational impact it can have in the negative or the positive depending on the direction that we choose. For God or for the enemy, we're going to choose God. And we're going to lead people that direction. And we're going to help them with everything we have. Not only has God provided the people in the, in the facilities now, He's also provided the finances. I don't have to beg you, and I don't. And I don't have to ask you for money. If you want to give to it, man, oh, you're giving to something that's going to reproduce a harvest. But, man, we've saved the money. I've been preparing. God has been preparing us for this moment and this day. And Freddie is ready to go. We are ready as a church. We're ready to go. I'm going to leave you with this. Go to John. I'm going to leave you with this, John 17, because I want you to understand something. I want you to understand this. Galatians says that faith works through love. You want to believe God for the impossible. This, this is like an impossible thing. This is like, this wasn't possible. I tried to buy a building down the street and, and offered them 250000 They wouldn't take it. They wanted three hundred fifty, And I'm like, God said, walk away from that. Someone else showed me a building. I thought, this could work. And I didn't pray five minutes. God said, no, that's not your building. And he kept closing doors. Why? To open the best door. A gift. That's bigger, better than all of those. It's incredible. I'm so glad he closed those doors. Don't, don't fret closed doors. Look for the open door that God's about to open that's bigger and better than the door that was closed. Because God's got something better if you'll get in faith. And you'll believe him for it. He'll do it. But I want you to hear this from Jesus. John 17, verse 23. This is so powerful. You live fully in me, and now I live fully in them. Do you notice that he's talking about fully? He's fully in God. He's fully God, and God is fully living in him together so that they will experience perfect unity. And the world will be convinced that you, you have sent me, for they will see that you love each one of them. Listen, oh, are you ready? This is how you end a service right here. I'm, this is the best thing that's been said this morning. You won't hear anything better in your whole life. I'm not kidding you. 
You won't hear anything better in your entire life than what Jesus Christ is about to say. He said this, For they will see that you love each one of them with the same, everybody say the same, passionate love that you have for me. Now I want you to meditate for a second. God just said, I love you and you and you and you and you and you and me as much as he loves Jesus. How can that not blow my mind? Blow your mind. He loves me as much as he loves Jesus. No wonder he said, all things are possible to those who believe. No wonder he said, faith works through love. Man, when you understand how much he loves you, wow. Wow. And the value he places on you. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. Just to remove distractions online. I'm so glad you're watching right now. Because I know people that don't feel well are watching and people that are out of town are watching. People that are, I mean, I know you're watching. Thank you for, for, for watching. And man, we love you and we're believing God for healing and, and for safe travels and all those things for you. But I want you to be still too if you can. If you can, just be still. If you're already saved, man, you should be praying right now for those that aren't. Or those that aren't right with God. They've run away and they need to come home. You should be praying right now. This place should be full of prayer. But if you've never given your heart to Him and you're watching, or you've run away from Him and you're watching, or you're in here and you've never prayed and given Him all of you and received all of Him, this is your moment and this is your time. You know, we place value on things. Mickey Mantle's tops, I think, number 311 baseball card sold for $12.6 million. We take a baseball a card, a piece of cardboard from the 50s or whatever, and we put someone valued that at 12.6 million. I wouldn't pay that for that. I wouldn't pay a dollar for it right now. It doesn't mean that much to me, but it did to somebody else. What value do you place on your eternal life where you're going to spend eternity after you leave here? What value do you place on your life now in this life? Do you, do you place enough value on it to want to live a destiny and with a purpose and a plan from God? Or do you not value it that much? Do you value where you're going to spend an eternity, whether in heaven or hell? Do you value that enough to make it a right decision? Let me tell you someone who did value it, God. For God so loved us, the world, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever shall believe on him shall be saved. That's value. I don't know how many of you would give up one of your children or grandchildren or your own life for Adolf Hitler. and say, I'll die for Adolf Hitler's sins. I didn't see anybody volunteering during the Nuremberg trials when they hung all those Nazis and judges and police officers and soldiers who killed mass murdered people and did it under the, the, the thought that they're just following orders or following the law. No one stepped up and said, I'll, I'll hang for them. But Jesus Christ, who knew no sin, perfectly holy and righteous, came and died for our sins the ugliest parts of our lives he died for. You can't even find someone that would probably die for the best part of your life, let alone the ugliest part. 
That's how much he values us. You and me. What incredible value. Priceless. He's, he said we're priceless. That there's not a price he would not pay to save our lives. What value do you place on him or your own life? If today you've never prayed and you said, man, I, I get it. He, he's already proven he loved me. I, I've been looking for proof, but I, I just didn't see it that he already proved it. I'm going to pray and get right. Or maybe you're looking at your empty life and you're like, man, I, I want to live for purpose and destiny. I, I want to live for something bigger than myself. And only God has that to offer. I've tried everything else. I've tried partying. Man, it, alcohol, drugs, whatever, money. I've tried it. It's empty. Today's the day. You surrender your life to Him, and He'll teach you how to do it. You can say, I don't know how to surrender. Yes, you do. Just make a decision of your heart, an act of your will. God, I surrender. Help me to learn what that is. Take me little by little. Take me through the process of learning how to surrender all of me to you. And He'll do it if you'll mean it. He'll save you and help you. And there's those that, man, you've known Him, and you've ran away. You've, you've gone backwards. Oh, and you know it, and you just want to come home. This is your moment. This is your time. Online, when I count to three, send us a note. I'm getting right with God for the first time, or I'm coming home. Here in this room, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand up on the count of three and say, it's me. I need to get right with God. And then here's what we're going to do next. We're all going to pray together right where you're at. No strings attached, but it's your heart. We can lead you in prayer, but this is your heart and God's heart. It's between you. He's already decided He loves you. He said it first and most. Now you get to decide if you say it back. So if that's you, you want to pray and get right with God before you leave here. Online, send a message in this room. Raise your hand. One, two, three. Raise your hand and say, it's me. I'm going to get right with God. Thank you. Thank you. All over this man. That's incredible. All over this room. Wow, that's so powerful. Thank you so much. God bless you. Golly. God never ceases to amaze me. Let's pray, church, together. Let's all pray. Those online, pray with us. Say this. Say, God, I believe you love me. You proved it when you sent Jesus to die for my sins. The ugliest parts of me. Thank you. You proved it. When you rose from the dead and you did all of that to rescue me from my own sin and from eternal death, thank you. And because I believe that, I ask that you forgive me of all my sins. And I say to you, Jesus, you're the Lord, Jesus Christ, of my life. You surrendered your life for me. Now I surrender my life to you. And I receive the Holy Spirit. Teach me now by your word and by your spirit how to truly live for you. To live life and life abundantly in this life 
until I see you in heaven in the next. Thank you for saving my life today, teaching me how to surrender today in Jesus' name. So be it. Amen. Come on, let's thank God for how good he is. He's incredible. Thanks for listening today. If you'd like to find out more about Church on the Move, like our service times, or how you can connect with us, you can visit cotmroswell.com.